0: all right everybody welcome back to the showcase i'm your host paris jackson on today's episode we got the last two in the building nuggets and heat plus we eulogize lakers and Celtics. gonna be a good one so sit back relax and enjoy the showcase Right, and we are back. Been a couple of weeks, but I was out of town for a week and wanted to let the Eastern and Western Conference Finals play out. Western Conference Finals were ended quite quickly with the Nuggets taking care of the Lakers in four games, four competitive games, but nevertheless, four games, and the Heat Celtics going to Game 7 in back-to-back years with Jimmy Butler and Co. really being able to get it done this year as opposed to last year and get of finals birth, So, obviously, game one of the finals has happened already. It followed the very prevalent trend of win game seven, lose game one. I've seen on Twitter the last few days that the Heat have lost game one in all of their championship runs in the finals. So, is that something to sweat? Maybe. Is it something to pay attention to? Maybe. Right? The home team usually wins. Um, so... As they say, the series doesn't really start until a team wins on the road. I do think, just to just to quickly get into it here before we do Lakers and Celtics, I do think that the Heat need to get a game in Denver in order to be competitive. I mean, it's going to be very, very hard to win four out of five games against this Denver team when if they are to go down 2-0 or 0-2 after losing tomorrow on Sunday, it'll be very hard for them to climb out and win four games and while only allowing the Nuggets to win one of the remaining five games. So, with that being said, hopefully the Heat make it more competitive moving forward and we'll we'll do a larger breakdown in a second. Uh but let's let's talk as we usually do about our dearly departed teams that have left, the Celtics and the Lakers. Now, this matchup I did pr- foresee, I think in my last episode, I said, "Hey, it's likely going to be Celtics Lakers. Um, you know, that's what everybody wants. Or maybe Celtics Nuggets is going to be more likely. I think I was just going against my gut instincts and trying to hedge mentally for the tickets that I had out, in thinking that the Lakers and the Celtics were going to be able to beat the Heat and and Nuggets teams." I think I've relied a little bit too much on the role player play that had been demonstrated in the second round for the Lakers, the ability for AD to dominate potentially against, you know, Jokic I thought was going to be a thing and LeBron not so much showing his age the way he did outside of game four in that series. So, um, I think I, like many probably of Laker fans that gave me hellish shit when the Warriors lost, um just believed too much in the role players for the Lakers and not enough in the Nuggets guys. And the Nuggets took care of business. Now, on the other side of the coin with the Heat and the Celtics, part of me, think obviously, the Heat went up 3-0 um, and really it took a while to get that fourth win, letting the Celtics kind of climb back into things. Um, I really do think the Celtics probably should have won that series, though. Uh, maybe with some better coaching or some better... Um, play from the role players, you know, especially like Horford and Malcolm Brogdon. Um, you know, they probably should have won that series on paper. Now you also get some explosive play from, from, uh, Caleb Martin and some of the role players going off for the heat. Cause obviously Jimmy Butler is going to get you his buckets and, and the rest of the team stepped up for the, the heat to go ahead and win that series, especially game seven, um, But it was right there for the taking for the Celtics. I mean, they had climbed back into it. Again, winning four in a row is very, very hard to do in this league. We don't see sweeps very often. Um, And in a sense, the Celtics were trying to sweep the heat after going down 3-0, right? Which is very, very hard to do. Um, So, you know, the Lakers and the Celtics kind of have two different situations heading into next year. Um, and have made some changes. Now, the Celtics are already announcing that Joe Missoula will return to head coach. They also have Jalen Brown, who by usual means would likely get extended this offseason as he enters his last year of his contract. Looking at the rest of the of the roster for the Boston Celtics, I mean, you have Tatum, who is, you know, salaried through the 2025 season with a player option in 2026. So you got him locked up for a while. Horford mirrors his contract, except without the 2026 player option. You also have Malcolm Brogdon making 22 22.5 mil for the next two years. That's probably an overpay based on his contributions during the playoffs. Maybe not during the regular season, but during the playoffs, um, you probably would like that contract back and maybe in the 18 million dollar range, 17-16 million dollar range and free up some capital. Marcus Smart is contracted all the way through 2026. I mean, he's only making 185. So if you are comparing your starting point guard with your basically six man um and paying your starting point guard basically 20% less, um you know, that's a, that's a candidacy for Malcolm Brogdon being overpaid as well. Derek White to, through 2025, Robert Williams through 2026, like and then a bunch of players falling off um, or entering the last year of their contract. So Grant Williams had a team option this year. He's either going to get re-signed or maybe part of a sign-and-trade deal with Jalen Brown. Should they extend and sign him? Danilo Gallinari, who didn't even play this season at all, posted on social media that he's excited to return for next season. So you already have a little bit of built-in vet addition, uh, but who knows how much he's going to be able to contribute in season number 16 for Danilo Gallinari. Mike Mascala has a team option. Peyton Pritchard has a team option. Luke Cornett is on the roster. Blake Griffin's on the roster. Sam Hauser's on the roster um, all through next year, entering their last years of the contract. Uh, except Blake Griffin would have to get re-signed, likely for the vet minimum if he is to stay. Even if you get rid of all those players and kind of just replace them with vet min players or just let them pick up their team option because, you know, they don't make a lot. Luke Cornette, 2.4 mil, Mike Muscala, 3.5 mil. Um, I very much doubt Grant Williams will make a ton, so he will likely, in my estimation, be a departure, Um, which is fine. I mean, you don't... By the end of the series, Grant Williams was getting very little minutes save for garbage time um, and making very little contributions. Even at 24, his value has been demonstrated uh, to the point where you're probably, if you're Boston and Brad Stevens, ready to move off of him. So um, it's just tough, man. You have Al Horford playing basically the lead center minutes where Rob Williams should be. Uh, and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are both top 20 guys in the league. Jalen Brown is, you know, Jason Tatum is obviously an MVP candidate season by season. And Jalen Brown is a top 20 guy in terms of scoring field goal percentage. Um, but outside of that, the Boston roster doesn't have top 20 and nearly anything. They're actually the only team with two, two players in the top 20 in terms of scoring. um, But, you know, we saw in that game seven, Jason Tatum was really the focal point for the Celtics. And he rolled his ankle on the first play of the game. Who knows what happens if he stays healthy the entirety of the game. The Celtics were winning um, despite that in the first quarter. And then the Heat kind of rallied back and, and had the defense show up. Celtics just weren't hitting shots. And unfortunately, you live by the three and you die by the three. So moving into next year. You know, the free agent class isn't really that great. Uh, You do have some players that are eligible for a sign-and-trade. Damian Lillard has been floated for whatever reason. I don't understand the the obsession with trading Blazers players every year. Like, it was like CJ McCollum needs to be traded for what felt like 10 years or the entirety of his career in Portland. And then he finally gets traded, and now it's like, well trade Dame trade Dame and the situation for the Blazers obviously warrants that a bit given that they're in a rebuild and Dame Lillard is aging a bit but I don't know why you would trade a 26 year old Jalen Brown uh who has plenty of good basketball ahead of him for a 33 year old Damian Lillard who's a little bit more injury prone and I'm not sure how exactly he would fit into this offense 100% um you aren't going to necessarily get it from the draft either. I mean, Boston's been a great team, uh, high-seeded team year after year, doing you know pretty well in the regular season. So they always have late first-round draft picks. They do have all their own first draft picks except for this year and um, 2028. They don't have any second-round draft picks for that entire stretch of time uh, due to some older trades. Man, I mean, what do you really do? Um I mean, if I were them, Marcus Smart is going to be 30 next year. I think for what he gives you defensively, I mean, he's ranked 14th in the league in steals. Um oftentimes a defensive player of the year candidate. I just I think you could upgrade definitely offensively the point guard position and maybe package him I would rather send off Marcus Smart and Al Horford somehow and and get you like a $30 million a year point guard than run it back with a 38-year-old Al Horford and a 30-year-old Marcus Smart contributing to the offense. Now, the thing about Al Horford is, unfortunately, that he had to guard, you know, the bigs of Atlanta. He had to guard Embiid uh, through a seven-game series. Uh, And through an unnecessary six-game series, so maybe if he had a little bit of fresher legs, um, they would have been able to sustain the heat a bit more than they were able to during this Eastern Conference Finals. Um, But that's what I would do, man. I would I would package Marcus Smart potentially before I got rid of Jalen Brown. I would package Al Horford before I got because you got Rob Williams on a really really cheap contract. So even if you went and said I don't know who would be the proper team for this, but if you went and got a point guard that was available via sign and trade that was in the last last year of their contract um you know I'm trying to think who you might be able to get here. Uh let's see. Like Chris Middleton has a player option next year that's at 40 mil so you'd probably have to give up some picks in addition Um, he's not necessarily like a point point guard for you Pascal Siakam is in that same situation James Harden is in that same situation Um, Kyle Lowry DeMar DeRozan Fred Van Vliet Um, at that point you're kind of downgrading after that a lot for all these these players uh, and you're not necessarily solving the the um the age problem. Packaging Al Horford and Marcus Smart for James Harden sounds lofty. Um the contracts are only seven mil apart and with Nick Nurse coming in to replace Doc Rivers, he's made this, made it seem like he's willing to kind of blow things up. Um and it's been rumored Harden wants to push his way out. That could be a possibility. I'm I'm not necessarily championing any of this because Harden Brown and Tatum like as a threesome with Rob Rob Williams at the five like you know um and and Harden's not really a point guard either right the point guard class that's on its last um you know the la entering the last year of its contract is fairly small I think the best available point guard um that would be in like a kind of like an expiring contract is is Fred VanVleet and for what he gives you offensively it's not really enough of an upgrade over Marcus Smart versus the defensive end right um so you know you're kind of stuck with him. you're kind of stuck You're kind of stuck if you're the Celtics, right? I mean, that's probably why the Jalen Brown trade is so appealing because he is going to make so much after the extension and with the new CBA coming in. Um, And he's really the only piece that you can move if you want to blow up the core of smart, tatum horford and brown right so brown's kind of like your only way out because his contract is so much maybe you can do a one for two type situation and just let jason tatum run wild uh, and do what he can and hopefully you're trading a quarter for two dimes but your two dimes really turn back into 15 cents or something like that if you follow um We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Interesting. I thought it was an interesting choice to bring back Jo Joe, Joe Maz. I thought he for sure was getting fired. Um, you know, first season head coach oftentimes doesn't have a ton of success. You know, you do have like the Steve Kerr, Nick nurse, Ty Lu who won a championship, but they came into a, I felt like a much better form team that was a little bit deeper. I think the biggest problem with Boston is that they're not very deep. Um, you know they do have Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon coming off the bench and and pretty solid contributors, um, but you know the depth was a question. Their vet depth is definitely questionable. I mean, Danilo Gallinari, Blake Griffin didn't even see the court. Peyton Pritchard was unplayable. They were playing Sam Hauser for minutes that were probably better spent elsewhere. So with all that being said, man, I don't, I don't see the window staying open for the Celtics for very long, unless they're able to just hit shots. I mean, if you look at how the Celtics have done over the past few years, they have been contenders. Um, I mean, Eastern conference finals this year, finals last year, I believe a second round exit the year prior. Um, you know, they've they've been where they need to be. Sorry, they got semi-swept in the 2021, 2021 Eastern Conference first round um, by the Nets, who were very good, who were a toe away from winning the championship, right? They ran into the Nets with KD and Kyrie when they were actually playing. But before that, they had gone to the Eastern Conference finals in the bubble. They had lost in the second round the year before to the Bucs, another Eastern Conference Finals in 2018. Like, they've been knocking on the door for a while. And maybe the window's closed. Who knows? Um, But going into next year, I'd expect an extension for Jalen Brown, which maybe only deepens their problem. Maybe they do a sign-and-trade. Or, heck, maybe they take my advice and package Marcus Smart and Al Horford, go get a point guard, and hopefully Rob Williams can stay healthy. And Danilo Gallinari can kind of return to fill that, you know. Al Horford plays the five more than the four, and Gallinari would play the four more. But hell, if Robert Williams can stay on the floor, you know, for a long longer section of time, then you know Gallinari is free to play that four spot. Okay, enough about them. Let's switch over to the other team that was eliminated, which was the Los Angeles lakers and boy as fun as it was to see the lakers lose in the conference finals really wasn't all that fun to see the um the sweep it was just kind of sad the games were competitive for sure um lebron pissed me off by not dapping anybody up when they had lost that fourth game I was like, come on, man, go congratulate. I mean, I think he dapped up Jokic on his way out, um, but that was it. That was the only person. Uh, other than that, he he didn't dap up a soul. And I was like, LeBron, why? Why are you doing that, LeBron? But moving on to this year and the rest of next year, I mean, Darvin Ham, I believe, has kind of earned his spot as the coach he and in, in my view he did a pretty good job this year with the team for a first year coach i think time has just kind of caught up with the lakers they're kind of in an opposite situation they do have their first round draft pick this year next year goes to the pellies unless the pellies defer to the following year and 2027 goes to utah unless it's a top 4 protective but they do have a lot of their own first picks um you know outside of that Unfortunately, the 17th overall pick is probably not going to help them a ton. From a contract standpoint, they, they got some room to play with. I mean, LeBron's making an ungodly amount next year in 53 mil. AD's making 40 mil. Um, but after that, they only have Malik Beasley, Mo Bamba, Jared Vanderbilt, and Max Christie on the, the, uh, the roster. I mean, you likely will bring back Austin Reeves. It's already been announced that D'Angelo Russell is expecting a sign-in trade. Lonnie Walker and Rui Hachimura have probably done enough in the playoffs to earn a contract uh, unless they get signed and traded elsewhere, maybe for some picks. Um, Really, the question for this team is the timetable on LeBron James and what his real plans are. I know he floated retirement out there. I don't think he's going to retire. He's got at least one more year on his contract and then a player option after that. He could decline the player option and play next year. Um, Anthony Davis has the exact same scheduling as far as contract goes. In 2025, those two are the only people on the roster for the Lakers. So they're kind of playing for, let's close the window on this LeBron era if it is going to be the end of the LeBron era, right? Um, And not just for the Lakers, I just mean in general, right? LeBron's in year 20, next year will be year 21, um he's probably trying to pass up Vince Carter for the most seasons played ever at 22 but you know I doubt you bring back Wenyan Gabriel I doubt you bring back Troy Brown Jr. unless they're on really really cheap contracts the D-low 30 mil freeing up I think is is pretty significant for them Malik Beasley is also on a team option I don't think he played any minutes I don't think he played any minutes during the playoffs except for maybe blowout Uh, so you could decline the team option there that frees up 48 mil um the salary cap is kind of tough uh you know the lakers will obviously likely be in the luxury um but even after they sign austin reeves for like he'll probably make like 25 mil or something like that if they decline malik beasley then they're at 137 mil just with like those six players. So Lonnie Walker, Rui Hachimura will probably have to take a, a cheap deal um, or the Lakers will just have to go really, really deep into the luxury tax. But this is kind of how it's been for the Lakers, right? It's kind of like, hey, let's just like throw a, a roster together that we think is good and then wait for Palinka to make some moves around the trade deadline that puts us in a better position. To go and win a championship after we kind of vet out our guys, but D'Lo, whatever sign and trade happens with D'Lo, I imagine that they're gonna try and get two players back for him that you know fall in that 15 mil range or maybe a 20 mil and a 10 mil guy and maybe some picks to kind of bolster their roster. I'd be interested to see if they're more interested in building up a war chest for the future or continuing to play this. Hey, let's let's try and win now with some guys for LeBron James's sake. Um but who knows, you know, like I it's it's really tough <coughs> if they do bring back D'Lo, I think it would be a mistake. I think he played against the Warriors very well, but in the series, the two other series, he kind of showed his true colors yet again on who D'Lo is, which he's not a 30 million dollar a year type of guy. Maybe he comes back for like 10 or 15 mil. Um You know, he's 28, so he's right in his prime. So maybe he thinks he should make more. And there's probably a team out there that just wants to make playoffs or sell tickets or something and wants to bring him back. I know D'Lo has expressed interest in returning to the Lakers, uh, but it's whether or not the Lakers want to cash him out in the way that he expects to be if they do bring him back. Um, So as much as I hate the Lakers you know, they do, they are a pretty well-run organization in terms of just giving their guys an opportunity. Um, I mean, in this LeBron era since 2018, right, they missed the playoffs one year, then they made the, um, well, they made the, the bubble finals and then first round exit, missed the playoffs. And then we're in a Western conference finals. So, They didn't miss the playoffs a few years, um, but in the years where they did make the playoffs two out of three times, they had a pretty good success. Uh, if you want to call it that, I mean, going from, and I hate this, but going from a play in team to Western conference finals is fairly impressive. Knocking off the defending champs in six games, um, even though they kind of had a cakewalk in the first round that would have allowed them to be a little bit more rested entering the second round than the Warriors did. I'm not going to get into all that and why and whatnot uh, because it's loser talk. But the Lakers, you know, have done fairly well since LeBron has gotten there. Um, So hopefully AD can stay healthy for them next year. Hopefully LeBron can continue to just defy the logic of time um, and play play well. He'll probably pick and choose his spots a bit more, especially if AD is healthy next year. And then we'll see what happens with D'Lo and Malik Beasley. That 47 mil between the two of them, um, going to be huge in terms of what they're able to do with the rest of the roster. Lonnie Walker, Rui Hachimura, um, Dennis Schroeder, even, you know, those three guys, and especially Austin Reeves earn their worth a bit in this playoff run. And we'll likely see the, the the spoils divvied up against amongst those four, LeBron and Davis. So they still have nine spots on the roster to fill out with vet men, sign-and-trade guys, and whoever they do draft will probably be a godsend for them because they're not going to be making much. And hopefully they can hit on the 17th overall pick, or maybe they can sign-and-trade up to get somebody in the top. I don't know much about the draft class, but from what I hear, it's not a very... Um, It's not a very deep draft class outside of like Wemby and Scoot. And um, who's the third guy? Bryson Miller is the the real uh, other top guy. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about the uh, finals here. And it feels good. It feels good to have picked the nuggets to come out of the west, to pick the Heat to come out of the East. When I did, I mean, we're going back months and months and months. Granted, when I picked both of these teams, they were Dark Horse. I did double down on the Heat after they had won game one against the Bucks. So that was nice. So we are up quite a bit because of this particular finals matchup. I saw one guy had made a bet for like fifty bucks Denver Heat um Denver Heat Finals, and he turned fifty bucks into twelve thousand. So, shout out to that guy uh, on the internet with the actual FanDuel ability to bet. I have to do my bootleg bets through China or whatever. Um, but still, all jokes aside, it does feel good that I was able to narrow down, I guess, the finalists uh, in such a way and, and profit big. Um, it's probably the only thing I feel good about this finals. I... I, like many others, think that the Nuggets are just far and away better than the Miami Heat um, and will likely win fairly quickly. I mean, I don't really want to... I really like Jimmy Butler. Let me just say that. I really like Jimmy Butler's tenacity, his attitude, the way he carries himself, the job-not-finished type mentality that he has that we've loved from players like Kobe and Jordan in the past, Um, and... You know, I just really like how he's been able to will his team into deep playoff runs every single year, every single year. Um, Now, that being said, the rest of the cast of the Heat, you just look across the board and it's a better player, right? Starting at the five with Bam, you look across, it's Jokic, right? Jokic is arguably the best player in the world. And the Heat, as good as Bam can play, Jokic will just play better. you know, you go to the four, the three, the two, you know, Denver's squad, they're starting five specifically with Jamal Murray, Aaron Gordon, um, you know, and and the rest of the Michael Porter Jr. that they drop out there are just better than the heat. They just are. They're deeper than the heat. And the coaching is about as equal as it can be. Spoh's obviously a very great coach. I just, the Nuggets are prepared for the Heat. They had 10 days, basically, to prepare. Kind of even longer, if you think about it. Because, like, all right, the Heat go up 3 Let's start preparing for them because they're the our likely opponent. They've been preparing for the Heat for 10 days. They obviously got to watch and focus on the Heat, watch four games of theirs where they were just chilling at home. I mean, the the Heat had less preparation, a worse roster, a worse squad, so this finals, if Denver doesn't win, that will be a huge a huge surprise to everyone. Everyone's on Denver. Part of me thinks, like, this happens in the Super Bowl and these kind of, like, one-time events, like, fights and things of that nature where everybody gets on one side and, you know, and ultimately the other side ends up prevailing just because it feels like too many people believe in the favorite. But in this particular instance, it's kind of warranted. There's no way, I don't want to say there's no way, but everybody that can see basketball can just see that this Nuggets team is far and away better than Heat. Now, it is the finals. Jamal Murray had a scary fall in the, I think it was in the second quarter. If there is an injury or something, the Heat can be right back in this. Um, If Jimmy Butler, I think, plays with some more tenacity, if Max Struess and Caleb Martin don't go one for 17 combined. They're back in this game. Um, so I don't want to just say that the Nuggets are going to win in a sweep or in five or anything like that. Like I said at the top, you know, the series doesn't really start till a team wins on the road. I just think the Heat, it's going to be more challenging for them to win. Much, much more challenging for them to win and you to convince me that they can win then I can be convinced of the Nuggets, right? I would love for the Heat to win in seven or six or something like that and, and just let Jimmy Butler get his championship, let Spoh get his fourth fourth or third championship. Was Spoh the team coach when Dwayne Wade was won? I think he was the coach like the year after, two years after, something like that. Um, I'll have to do some more research on that. I'm not sure if Spoh has three or he's trying to get his third, but – Nevertheless, man, uh, the Heat are a great organization. Jimmy Butler's a great player. Um, you feel for Kyle Lowry. trying to get his second chip. But all in all, man, Denver is probably going to win this thing. You probably won't hear from me until the finals are over and then we'll eulogize both teams and maybe even do just a recap on the Nuggets on how they particularly got here over the years and, and how much it's took to put this team together. But with all that being said, you know, we're coming to the end of the NBA season here. You know, maybe I'll do another episode in the middle of the series if it gets contentious, it goes 2-2 um, or even 3-2 or something. But you likely won't hear from me until the finals are over and we have our champion because we're almost there. Um, so thank you, as always, for listening. Hope you guys like the takes on the Lakers and the Celtics. Hope You probably agree with me on the finals, but I hope you have a, a, a good time watching the finals anyway. Uh, as lopsided as it may seem, we probably still will get some competitive basketball on Sunday. I think it's like Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, the scheduling is all fucked up. So make sure you check ESPN app or ABC on your TV guide to see when the next games are. But, um, make sure you stay safe. Hope you're enjoying summer. You know, it's June gloom a little bit where I'm at, but it's clearing up and, uh, you know, we're coming to the very end of the basketball year so. Thank you as always again for listening. Make sure you like and subscribe at PJ Showcase on Twitter so you can get all my tweets about that. And we will talk to you next time. Bye bye.